Well, uh, good morning, everybody. Really, really nice to see you. Uh, really nice to see you on our live streams and see all the chats and the comments and everything. And of course, as Pastor Mark said, it's so, so great to have people uh, with us here this morning. Uh, we're being very careful. We're doing our social distancing. We've got our masks, but we've got some people in the house, and that's just fantastic. I want to open my message this morning by sharing uh, a little story from my own history. Uh, in September 1998, um, I went with uh, a friend of mine who actually ended up becoming my best man, uh, a friend called Charles and two other people, uh, uh, they were a married couple, and we were all really into cycle touring, uh, and we had an opportunity to go to Corsica, uh, the island of Corsica, for two weeks in September 1998. And so uh, uh, we arrived on the island, and we did this two weeks of cycling, and it was hot, it was an idyllic place to be, uh, lots of mountains, lots of seaside, lots of coast. And at one particular afternoon, about two-thirds of the way through the holiday, we'd been cycling like pretty much all, all day since first thing in the morning and um, we'd cycled up really really high into the mountains and we were coming down uh, the mountains on the other side through this thick pine forest and it was one of these switchback roads that was going left and right and it was quite hard going you couldn't go too fast on the bikes you're constantly having to hold it back with the brakes because the panniers are heavy and you're taking it steady uh, and we could sense that this valley we were following followed a river every now and then you could hear this river in the trees and um, so we're going kind of left and right through this forest. It was really hot. You could smell the pine resin in the air. It's a beautiful, beautiful day to be out cycling. And uh, we came around this particular bend, and uh, we could hear this roar. There was this kind of roar in the trees. And we, we kind of stopped our bikes and had a listen, and someone said, I think that's a waterfall. And so we kind of thought, yeah, that, that does sound like water. Let's go and, have, let's go and check it out. Uh, and so uh, we went off through... Uh, we put our bikes at the side and uh, we kind of found this pathway and we kind of picked our way through the pine trees to where the source of this noise was and sure enough we found this really great waterfall now it wasn't really high it was about the height of a house but there was this ton of water coming over it all the time really strongly uh, straight off the mountains and there was like a, there was a sort of, a, you know, like a kind of a mist that you sometimes get with this waterfall, and there was a rainbow in it. And what was particularly great about this waterfall as well was it had this great big splash pool uh, just underneath it. It must have been, I guess, the size of the auditorium here in BCC. And it was all full of this beautiful, clear, sort of greeny-colored water with these rocks underneath, and you could see how deep it was. And of course, it didn't take us too long, being hot and tired from all of our cycling, to kind of go right down to shorts, into the water. And we swam around in this beautiful water for 20 minutes, half an hour. I mean, it was really cold. It was icy cold, straight off the mountains. But it was so, so beautiful. A great, great waterfall out in Corsica. And I wanted to open with that story, that picture of a waterfall, because we're going to look at a psalm today which has a waterfall that's very important, which I'll unpack in just a minute. So just hold that image of the waterfall in your mind. So back in August, uh, our family had an opportunity to go on holiday. Uh, we took 10 days. I was grateful for that opportunity. I know lots of people didn't get a chance to go this year, but we managed to grab a holiday and we went to Wales. And uh, I was reading on holiday in Wales uh, a little section from Psalm 42. And I don't know about you during this season, but I've had this restlessness in my soul. I've had, the, I've had this uneasiness in my spirit. And, I, and it's very difficult to put into words. And, I, and it's a combination of lots of things. But I've had this uneasiness in my spirit. And as, as I was reading Psalm 42, I got to verse 4, and it put into words something I found. I, I hadn't up to that point made the connection, not fully. It says this in Psalm 42, verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, 
how I used to go to the house of God. And I suddenly thought to myself, yeah, (laughs) I used to go to the house of God. And so did everybody else. And we haven't for a long time. And I miss it. And it hit the nail on the head. And I was like, wow, that psalm is saying exactly what I'm feeling. And then it goes to say, under the protection of the mighty one, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. If that is not a description of BCC in full-throated worship when we're all together, then what is? That is... That is what I was missing. And I suddenly found myself confronted by looking at a psalm written thousands of years ago that said words that described exactly what I was feeling when I read those words and and the disjoin, that sort of unsettled disjoin that I was feeling. And so I want to close our series on biblical mindfulness today by looking at Psalm 42. I feel like God's given me Psalm 42 to work with, and we're going to look through it, and I've got three things I want to say about Psalm 42. Uh, you can follow this uh, on the YouVersion app. There's a link on our YouTube notes and on our Facebook notes, and if you've got that link uh, through your WhatsApp today, you can open it from that as well. Um, and my message is, is kind of this. It's remember when, remember who, and remember how. Yeah, come on. Remember when, Remember who, remember how. And if you remember this message and and come back to those three points, this will help you manage your mindfulness during the remainder of our pandemic, because I don't think we're over yet. We're starting to see the beginnings of things uh, come forward. I'm so pleased that there's a vaccine coming. You know, I had vaccines as a kid against all sorts of things out in Zimbabwe, and I'm here as a result of those vaccines. They make total scientific sense to me. So let's press into that in prayer, and let's, I pray that they're effective and successful. So I'm looking to that. We're all being sensible about our distancing, etc., etc., etc. But how do we manage our mind space while we're waiting? Yeah. Psalm 42 tells us three things. Remember when, remember how, uh, sorry, rem- remember who, remember how. I'm going to talk about remember when. All of us have times when God has done something truly amazing for us in our history. We all have it. We all have those incredible points where God has has come along and he has done something and it's absolutely floored us. And we could not believe that he did it. We all have those. And during a time of of difficulty and in a tough season, we have to go back to that and remember, no, that definitely happened. That was true for me. That really took place. Nobody can take that away from me. And that should give you strength during a tough time. Something that uh, I've been doing over these last, well, since last October, in fact, is I've been recording podcasts with blokes, chatting to men about their faith. Ordinary blokes, some of them are leaders, uh, some of them are very, you know, experienced in their field. I had a chance to, sp- uh, to chat with Billy Vunipola, who plays rugby for England and for Saracens. That was a good chat. I've been recording these conversations, and they're all available, in fact, uh, for you to hear at bcc.life forward slash stronger men. You can listen to those conversations directly there. And not just exclusively for blokes, women, you can have a listen in as well. Some of those conversations have been so helpful to me personally. And in episode 16, I had a chance to speak to Chris Cartwright, who is the general superintendent of Elim uh, in the UK. We had a great conversation about lots of different things. But Chris went back to a when moment at the end of his podcast. He went back to a when moment and he shared it with me. And I'm going to share it with you. Uh, right now. 
He went through a very tough season in his ministry life. He was a a worship leader at one of Elam's largest churches, Kensington Temple. Um, He was responsible for putting an album together there. Uh, He was in their team on leadership and so on and so on. He had a a great, you know, his ministry built from that place and and, and from, you know, lots of different things he'd, he'd been doing at Kensington Temple. And then he went into this season where things were really, really difficult. About six months long. It was hard. And you'll have to listen to the podcast to find out all the details on that. But at the end of that season, he went on holiday with his family to America. And they they went around America and they they started to unwind a bit and Chris started to feel a little bit better. And then they had an opportunity towards the end of the holiday to go out to Hawaii. And who wouldn't take that opportunity if you had it? You know, I would. That would be great. And the family land in Hawaii, and they get off the plane, and, uh, you know, they're, they're looking forward to the final part of their break, and they hire a rental car. And they're driving out of the airport, and they turn the radio on on the rental car, and then Chris's own song from the worship album that they produced at Kensington Temple happens to be playing on the radio. Now, that's a stunning thing. And he said, it felt like I'd gone all the way to the other side of the world and God as Father had put his arms around me and said, I haven't forgotten you, son. You mean something to me and I know you've been through a hard time. And I'm with you and I'm for you and I'm reminding you that I'm there. Now, all of us have those when moments. We all have those when moments. And what I'm interested in in Psalm 42 is there's a couple of points where it says the word remember. Uh, In verse um, 4 and verse 6. It says, let me just, verse 4, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. Verse 6, my soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. You know, we mustn't do that thing when we get downcast, we go and hit the, the hug and dars, or the gaming, or the nightclub, or whatever worse stuff we've done in the past that we use to comfort ourselves. What we've got to do is we've got to go and turn to God. We've got to remember him. We have to look to him. We have to remind ourselves that he is there. All of us have a when in our history that can bring us strength and bring us biblical mindfulness in times when they're tough. All of us have a when. Secondly, remember who. Remember who it is we worship. And I want to show you something great from this psalm that's just... It's just blessed me to bits. It really has. And I hope it blesses you. I'm going to have to hold it together. It's just great. Remember who? I want to take you on a journey. This was written by the sons of Korah. Now, Korah was somebody who kind of organized a rebellion when the people of Israel were out in the wilderness. And his descendants, I think, felt really bad about that. And there's this group of people called the sons of Korah who write psalms, and they're like worship leaders and poets, and they're appointed to David's court to write these psalms. And this is one of those psalms that they've written. And they're beautiful. They are beautifully crafted, and they're poetic. And the poetry in this psalm is is so good. And what, what happens here is that the sons of Korah use this theme, the theme of water, to build a picture of an ever increasing presence of God, but you don't you don't see it. Or, and not, you kind of don't work it out somehow. It starts off in lack, and it ends up in super abundance, but it does it under the radar. And you don't kind of quite understand why it is that as you're reading the psalm, you end up feeling reassured. But you do, 
And I want to take you through why you do, because it's really skillful. So come with me on a journey. Uh, just to say to you, everybody needs water, uh, and that's a given. Uh, I was finding out about water physically, and uh, Bear Grylls, you know, that Christian adventurer guy, head of the scouts, uh, he says that, that, that if you're stuck in the wilderness for a few days, second on your list is finding water. Number one, shelter. Number two, water. Three, food. Four, fire, if you can make it. And then number five, way down the list, try and make a big sign for help. You know, and that's very counterintuitive, but water is number two on the list because within a few days without water, we all die. And the sons of Korah know this, and they build this picture of water through the psalm to give us a picture of the presence of God building and building, and it's incredible. Number first verse, verse one, as the deer pants for streams of water. As the deer pants for streams of water. So there's nothing there. That deer, that animal is hot. And there's no water, and, and, and it's panting. It needs water because there's an absence. And we open this psalm with an absence of water. And then it goes on to say, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. The psalmist opens up with this statement of absence and thirst and need. Then it moves to verse 2. My tears have been my food. We've all had those experiences where we've cried and cried and cried in the night and there's no more tears left to cry. But there's, there's something, something emerging. Something's happening. We're producing water. Our, our tears are coming out. And yeah, they may be small, but they represent our, our, some of our strongest emotions. And then verse four, we get to the image of pouring out my soul. So we've gone from nothing to tears to pouring. Now, you can't really pour tears. You need a substantial amount to be able to pour. And so, as this person's talking about missing God, missing BCC, missing being in worship with everybody, they are pouring themselves out to God in, in their declaration of their thirst. And then, we move to where God starts to kick in. Verse 6, it talks about remembering God from the land of the Jordan. The Jordan was, is and was uh, one of the biggest and the most defining rivers in Israel. Uh, it's very much present in uh, the Jewish conscious, uh, consciousness of, of, their, of their geography. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it, it says it in um, uh, verse 6, My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan. There's this reference to a river. So we've gone from nothing to tears to pouring out to a big river that matters a lot. And you'll know that the people of Israel crossed the, the River Jordan in flood, at the least counter, you know, the most counterintuitive time to do it. And then, of course, the Jordan is the river in which John the Baptist baptizes his disciples and Jesus baptizes his disciples, and it's really massive in their, in their, in their mind, although, of course, that hasn't happened at the writing of this, of this psalm. And then we get to, and this is why I shared that picture of the waterfall in Corsica with you, we get to deep calls to deep. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. It is one of the most beautiful sentences in the whole Bible. It says something of the depth of the inside of us connects with the depth that's on the inside of God in this unspoken but immensely powerful way. And there's a connection. And it's profound and, and, and deep. And it, it, it goes right into the core of our soul. And then... We think, you know, you read that and you think, oh, gosh, Lord, that is beautiful. Thank you for that. 
And then it says something else. It says, all your waves and your breakers have swept over me. At the second part of verse 7. Now, if you think about it a minute, that's not just a waterfall. That's not just a splash pool that you can have a swim in. That's the ocean. Hold on a minute, sons of Korah. You've pulled one on me here because now we were, we were looking at no water at all and then I was crying and, and now suddenly we're, we're looking at a horizon filled with God. This is the ocean. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. I am submersed in this power and energy from the biggest expression of water known to man, which is the ocean. Right. Really good. So this water journey is woven by the sons of Korah into Psalm 42 to bring you a reassurance in our times of difficulty that God has got it under control. God is going to take it to a place of massive, massive superabundance and oversupply. So if we're in our time right now, in the beginning of December, at the end of the pandemic, we're feeling pretty miserable. It's two. I went for a run this morning and I was frozen to death. Um, and we're thinking pretty down. No, God has a plan that he's going to be taking us towards step by step by step. And it's going to get better and better and better and better. We have gone from, we have gone from our salt tears, which are coming from us, to his ocean, which is completely knocking us over. And what's so cool about this psalm is when you first read it, you're kind of like, you don't get it. You don't really see it. It's comforting. Sure, maybe you do. I don't know. But I didn't get it the first time I read it. I was like, wow, that is skillful. Thank you, sons of Korah, for your, your worshipfulness and your artistry. That's number two. Remember who we worship. So remember when. You, we've all got a when we can go back to. Number two, remember who. Remember who you worship. The who we worship can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Number three, remember how. In fact, what it says in Psalm 42, it says it twice. In the Hebrew Bible, uh, Psalm 42 and uh, Psalm 43 are run together. They're very similar. In fact, they're considered one whole thing. But I I just went with Psalm 42 for today. But if you take both of those together, it says uh, in verses 5 and 11 and another point in Psalm 43, it says this statement three times. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour, and my God. Now there's loads of gold in here. We could unpack this into five sermons. We could talk about, you know, let's talk about asking God honest questions. Let's, let's name the feelings. Uh, let's put our hope in God. Let's make decisions to praise him. Uh, let's remember what he does for us. Let's remember who he is. There's loads of great things here. But I, just as the worship team just return and get ready to play, and we're going to praise to finish our message today, I want to focus in on one word. And if you want to think of this one word as a summary, if you like, of the whole of our uh, series on biblical mindfulness, it will help you. If you're thinking back to, oh yeah, BCC did a series on how to manage your mind in a tough time. This one three-letter word, I would say, sums up everything about biblical mindfulness. And it's the word, yet. Just a three-letter little tiny word, the word, yet. Let me just read that to you again. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. The word yet 
is one of those little junction words that you use to describe on the path of your journey in life where a decision is to be made. That you were going along this particular path and you get to a point and you sense a change of direction is possible. And the word yet, it's like a logic gate in computer programming or or it's like a choice that has to be made. It's like, right, we're going to go this way now. The word yet says that there's a new choice ahead. The word yet says, I don't mind what's happened in the past, but this is now and I'm now deciding to do this. And whatever went before has no place in defining what's to come. Because I have that word yet that says I can change my mind. I am not defined by being downcast. I'm not defined by uh, being disturbed. I'm not defined by being abused. I'm not defined by being an alcoholic. I can say the word yet and I can change direction. Because God can give me the power to change direction with the word yet. Whatever has gone before can be undone and switched around by the word yet. Paul and Silas were flogged and beaten in that marketplace in Philippi, weren't they? And then they went into the jail, and at midnight, there was a yet moment. There was a, yeah, my, you can imagine Paul nudging, if he could, from his chain, Silas, and and saying, how's your back, mate? And Silas saying, yeah, it's really, really sore. In fact, I'm, I'm downplaying that a little bit. I think they had 39 lashes from the Jewish court or from the Romans or whatever. Some people died from that. And then, the, and then maybe Silas nudged Paul back and he said, you know what? I will yet praise him. Should we praise him, Paul? Yeah. And they start to praise. And they are not defined by the beating and the caning they've just had. They've said, no, yet. I'm making a decision to go in a new direction. And so as we think about our biblical mindfulness series today, I want you to think, if there was one word to sum up biblical mindfulness, it would be the word yet. You have the power to make a new decision each new day to worship God. Don't be defined by your past. Don't be defined by what has been. Don't be defined by the pandemic. Don't be defined by all the restrictions you're, you're under. Remember this. Put your, it says, um, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? That's honest, that's fine. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. A time is coming when we will praise him. And that, we know that that's going to change how we are and how we feel. Would you all stand with me? I'm going to close my message with a short prayer. And then Kevin and the team are going to lead us in praise. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Psalm 42. I thank you for the great spiritual strength it brings to us all. Lord, just help us today to remember the when. Remember those times where you've come through for us so, so strongly. Help us to remember the who, the who you are. That incredible God that can take us from nothing in a desert space to a whole ocean of your presence. And help us to remember how in our difficult times that we always have the choice to praise you we always have the choice to put our hope in you because you are our saviour and our God thank you Jesus thank you Lord God thank you Holy Spirit let's praise him Kevin